the Sports Career Podcast, episode 188. How can coaches apply self-discipline to enhance their motivation and mindset when coaching? Hello Sports Achiever, it's Ed Bowers here, your host, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. And before I talk about this week's special guest, I wanted to talk about my Facebook group, the Sports Mastermind Group, which is all about helping people grow and connect with like-minded people in the sports industry. For me, this has been a passion project with regards to helping people grow a network in the sports industry worldwide. So if you'd like to be part of the group, go to education2sport forward slash FB and it'll be great to see you there. Now, my goal, as always, is to provide you a special guest who can really enhance your skill sets in particular sector of the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in coaching. So I really do hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Ryan Horgan. Now, Ryan is a tennis coach, but he's also the creator of Communication for Coaches, where he specializes in helping coaches with their communication skills on and off the sports field or tennis court. For this reason, it's brilliant to have Ryan as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Ryan will share his sports career journey and explain to you the benefits of self-discipline when pursuing a career in coaching. Ryan, it's such a privilege to have you on the podcast show. Please, could you share to listeners your sports career journey? When did it all start? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Ed. Big pleasure for me to come on. So it started, I mean, I was always a young kid. My dad was a, a professional footballer, um, so I was very sporty as a young kid, trying different sports. Um, but nothing really stuck until I was about nine years of age and I was watching Wimbledon. <laughs> and I was watching Tim Henman. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was uh, that was it. The passion started from there. I would say the obsession started from there and uh, just grew and grew. Went into full time tennis at 16, played until full time until I was about 21. And I've been a coach, been a coach uh, full time ever since. I find this really interesting with regards to your father really quickly. Out of interest, um, he being a pro athlete, what did you learn from him reflecting? Oh, what did I learn? Uh... What did I learn? You know, a lot, a lot of fitness, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, trying to be disciplined as much as possible with regards to the regards to the sport. Yeah, they they were the things. They they were the the positive things. Yeah. And just with regards to your tennis obsession, as you just said, um, tennis was the sport I actually played when, at a very young age. Oh really? And uh, yeah, I started in Mallorca, and then I wanted to carry it on in the UK. And actually, Tim Henman. And Pat Rafter actually were my two players I followed. I love their net play, for example. So out of interest, why Tim Henman and why did you dedicate yourself to one sport? Because for any young listeners or coaches, sometimes a young age now, um, I don't know how it was for you when you played, but we could have that sort of freedom to play different sports. But now how sport is now, 
kids are like dedicating themselves at the age of nine to be a pro athlete. So I just wanted your thoughts on that, really, out of interest. Tim Henman was, uh, well, he was British and, you know, he was the big, the big British hope at the time. And so uh, just caught my attention. I, can't, I, I don't know why tennis caught my, my attention. I'm trying many other sports, football, basketball, um, karate. I, I, I really don't know what it was about tennis exactly, but it just uh, lit a spark in me. And I think it was quite late. It was quite late to start tennis, nine or was almost ten. But I think that it, what it helped me with was all the other sports before. And learning different skills, I was able to I was able to catch up fairly quickly in the juniors, and that put me in good stead. And having my dad there as well and a good influence on the physical side of things was was a benefit. And just with regards to your coaching career, would you mind just sharing to listeners? Did you go to university, or did you just go as a pro athlete and then pivot your journey into coaching? Like, just just fill in the gaps there out of interest. Yeah, so I, I left school at sixteen. School was uh, was not my favourite place to be. <laughs> education join the club yeah yeah I wasn't too keen on the education side of things my head was on the on the tennis court and I knew if I, I wanted to be a professional and I knew that if that wasn't going to work out I was going to be a coach that was that was it it was it was those options and so I reached about 19 you know I did okay in the juniors I was like top 20 in Great Britain and but I realized I realized pretty soon after the juniors had finished I wasn't going to be a professional so very much, I started to do some coaching on the side, a little bit of part-time, and then eventually 21, I realized, okay, uh, enough now, and I've got to start earning some money, and, and so it just uh, was a natural process going into coaching, you know, and I had a lot of contacts and, and got into it relatively smoothly, yeah. Actually, this is really similar to me when I was playing tennis around this sort of time. I was doing part-time at 17, 18. But for me, I wanted to see what the industry is like, which led me to doing what I'm doing now. So out of interest, and I think this is really important from a career perspective, because sometimes as athletes, we, we, we still have that carrot of making it a reality. Can you just remember that defining moment of when you went, right, I'm dedicating to my coaching career? I know there's the money side, but I mean, from a mindset perspective, can you remember that sort of day or moment out of interest? Yeah, it was... Uh... It was a phone call. I got I got a random phone call. I was 23. I've been working just under two years. <clears throat> I wasn't, uh, I will admit, I wasn't being uh, as dedicated to it as, as I could have been. And uh, I just get a phone call one day randomly for this guy I was working with a little bit. And he said, look, there's a, there's a coaching role for you out in Cyprus. Um, it's a head coach of a tennis academy out there. And I was super excited. Yeah, I said, yeah, of course. And then that was it. That was when I was like, okay, this is a, <laughs> this is now a, not not just a job. This has to be a career now. I have to take this seriously. And this is a big big step up for me. And so that was the day. Literally, a phone call, boom, right there and then. And uh, how long are you in Cyprus now? Out of interest. I was I was meant to do one year, and I'm I've been here eight years now. Over eight years. So. So really quickly, what have you enjoyed from this eight year journey? Oh, so it's just so much, so much. So yeah, all the lessons learned, all the a lot of the lessons learned mostly come from the mistakes. You know, a lot of mistakes there, but you know, you grow with those mistakes and uh, just the lifestyle, the change of lifestyle out here. Um, I met my wife here. That was why I stayed for more than a year. So and uh, we've we've started a family and everything, and and just the whole changing life. It's been uh, it's been a huge, huge bonus for me. I'm very very lucky. And just 
just really quick, I find this really interesting. Just from a culture perspective, is there a difference like from like sports culture from Cyprus to Great Britain? Just I'm really intrigued on this. One thing I've learned on this podcast show, interviewing quite a lot of people, different countries have just different cultures of sport. So how's the culture of sport in Cyprus out of interest? Yeah, it was a, it was a big shock. I knew um, I knew it was uh, going to be very different. Um, Cyprus is a uh, you know it's a small Mediterranean island. There's not there's not many. There's a, it's a population of one million people, and it's, uh, you know, sport is second maybe popular sport on the on the island. And so there's not many people playing. Uh, it's it's uh, not as professional. It's not as uh, the people aren't as uh, take it as seriously on on the as in higher numbers as they do in England, and you you have to adjust. You know, it's it's an island. It's a beach culture. Things are slower way of life. You know, there's a little bit more laziness here. So it took a while to adapt and and understand, you know, how to change your approach a little bit. But uh, that took a couple of years, I would say. And, uh, you know, still learning new things here and there. So, And just with regards to your coaching career journey, going back to when you're 21 and looking at things now, how has your coaching philosophy developed? Because you said you've committed. Uh, the one thing you mentioned to me before this chat on Twitter said you, you've learned to be more disciplined. And I just want to talk about today's podcast topic. How can coaches apply themselves to be more disciplined to enhance their motivation and mindset when coaching out of interest? For me personally, it was it was seeing it as a career instead of just a job, you know, and, and something you had to do, and, and making it into something that uh, was a was a, something I wanted to create for myself. You know, I wanted to create a good career, um, and and that meant having a purpose, putting a purpose to my coaching. Um, and putting a pur- at purpose to a, to your to your coaching that can mean anything. The purpose can be anything. You you get to get to choose what that is. Um, for me, with the discipline side was was integrating uh, discipline to my whole life and making it a lifestyle and, and challenging myself always, not just. You know, being lazy off the court and relaxing and doing nothing, and then trying to just turn it on as soon as I step on the court with the kids. It was, it had to become a part of me because I say to my wife, you know, every day is a little bit of a, uh, a battle against laziness by nature, and so I've had to integrate that and, you know, do do random things like, get a freezing cold shower in the middle of winter and <laughs> take the stairs instead of elevators and all those little things that build up to habits and you, you can find that mindset switch and you, you bring that onto the core and teaching the, the students you, much better that way. Look, actually, my word for this year, Ryan, is discipline. It's something I'm trying to, like you say, challenge the mind a bit more. Like I've been doing running and I'm trying to just do that 10% more or as you say try and do better choices and I find what you said really interesting about taking the stairs cold showers um, what's one area that has shifted that pattern like can you just because um, one thing I've learned from this experience of discipline is it's changing the old routine and making new choices to a new habit so how have you stopped an old habit out of interest to make you more disciplined in your lifestyle yeah, ch- changing old habits is very difficult, huh? It's very, 
I think giving yourself giving yourself patience is very very important. I tell this to my athletes as well. It's not it's not going to happen overnight, and you're still going to have moments where you're quote unquote weak. You know, you 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 don't do what you know you should. Um, and often when people set a goal to be more disciplined and they fail uh, for the first time or a couple of times in a row, they, that's it. They say, ah, I can't do it. It's not for me. I, I failed. And be patient. Forgive yourself. Uh, that was a big thing for me. And, and it's always it's a work in progress. It's, you know, we, we, how we feel, motivation comes and goes. Um, and you, you, you just ride that wave a little bit. You remember the purpose, what you're doing it for. And you just you know, you get started, you, you get started, you know, you start your day, you do something, you getting started the hardest part, you know, it's like going to the gym, the hardest part's turning up, right? So you just get started and, and uh, build the momentum that way. Absolutely. It also relates to another great word, resilience. I think it's all about just building that resilience. And um, just with regards to any young coaches listening, would you mind just sharing some core skills that have supported you as a coach? More skills, yeah. So, people skills, a big one, you know, obviously with the communications for coaches stuff, building your people skills is huge. Your connections within the industry, there's that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's very, it's very true. <laughs> you know, obviously you need to know your stuff, but, you know, you see some, sometimes that uh, some people go far from, from having the right connections and, and that means with your with your players, with the parents, with other coaches, and and so forth, and um, and always looking to learn, always look do, doing research, looking always looking to improve. Never never just thinking, you know, the ego thinking that you've got it, you know, you've mastered this, you've cracked it. No, it's, there's there's no cracking this. There's <laughs> this is uh, it's it's constant. Out of interest, what topic are you still? mastering out of interest topic with regards to like uh, tennis coaching you mean self-development or tennis coaching there's no right or wrong here it was just what you've just said it's so true and i'm just intrigued is there a, an area you're still trying to fine-tune yourself as a coach or even as a person in general well the, yeah the, on the coaching aspect i'm still diving into the whole communications things you know that's that's just a, a probably a never-ending process from now on um personally as well um, you know, I'm, I'm quite a, I love my philosophy <laughs> and looking into that and how that can apply to tennis as well. I've, I found that, you know, a philosophical approach actually is, is a very powerful thing and you can pass it on to your, your students and your athletes. And, and family members as well. I'm learning this as well when I say this. But yeah, no, I, the reason I'm going in depth here is just sometimes what I've learned from interviewing other coaches, Ryan, is coaching is is one thing on this podcast show i learned that coaching is so applicable to any role in life as a parent as a role model and I, I it's just something i'm trying to get deeper and trust me you've said some great stuff here already and i'm just sort of going that extra layer of the onion of how coaching is applicable to a walk's life and would you mind just explain to listeners what your twitter page is all about with communications coaching like i'm really intrigued and please share if that's cool with you yeah, so I I, uh, I got into learning about communications. I was uh, I was very much a struggling coach for quite a few years, even over here in Cyprus. Uh, I struggled a lot with the discipline of the kids and you know getting them to listen and and uh, you know do what you wanted them to do, etc. And I, I came home one night. 
I sat myself down in the in the home library we have. My my wife's a, a clinical psychologist. She's got all these psychology books and everything on on the shelves. And I was just sitting there wondering how I was going to get out of this mess because it was very stressful. When uh, one book caught my eye, it was uh, called Influence by Robert Caldini. And I thought, oh, that's that's an interesting title. That might might help. And I, I started reading and diving into it and lots of techniques and I started to apply it at work and I started seeing miracles happen you know <laughs> I was having kids that would never listen to me suddenly you know it was they were on a string doing what I wanted and it was the lessons were so efficient and I just dived into that world of communication I had a lot of help with my wife with her being a psychologist um, with the social psychology side of things I got to read a lot of stuff and I was applying it at work and it was working amazingly well. You know, a lot of techniques and tricks to use that communication just, it's not its not taught really to sports coaches. You know, we, we spend the hundreds, sometimes thousands to go on these courses and we learn all types of drills and techniques and tactics. And the communication advice is very vague. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of, you know, keep it positive and you know, and just you've got to try to connect with your athlete and blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of it. You're left left with that small piece of advice. And there's a lot of techniques and a lot of tricks how to do that, how to make that connection, how to get your message across and the athlete to trust you and making good first impressions and, and so on. And it's been, uh, it, it sparked a huge passion in my coaching as well. It's It's been a, a huge boost to me and it's given what I talked about earlier a big purpose to, to what I do. So with regards to that purpose and vision, is this just a, a have you literally just started this or like what's the goal with this? Because I find this really interesting, but most importantly, Ryan, really important. Mm-hmm. I've I've been working now for you know a couple of years, you know, a lot of a lot of research, a lot of study and pra- putting it into practice, helping some other coaches I was working with. Um and and I was planning to start, you know, getting it out there, getting the word out there. And, you know, the, the, the coronavirus uh, situation happened. So this was a good opportunity for me to shift my focus towards that, but develop an online presence. Uh, so that has just started, really. Um, but it, it's been a good start so far. And I, I don't know. I, for me, uh, if you've got multiple sh- Streams of income, a little side hustle here from your main job. That's a that's a that's a good thing. So, and who knows where it could go? Um, but it's it's definitely a, a, I think a message that coaches would benefit from massively. It's a it's a side of things that it's communication is the glue that binds every technique and you know exercise you put together. If you can't communicate and connect with your athlete effectively, then it, it doesn't really matter what you tell them. It's, 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 uh, I realized there was a gap there in that market. Absolutely. Look, Ryan, I cannot express how much I've enjoyed this conversation. Just reflecting from when you're uh, you know, watching Tim Henman, what have you enjoyed the most from your coaching career journey looking back right now? Well, all, all the lessons learned, the harsh lessons, you know, the, the difficult times and because that's where that's where you learn the most. You know, you look back if you can t- if you can take your ego out of it, and and take ownership of all the mistakes you make. You know, that's where you're gonna really really grow. Um, that's I didn't used to I, I never used to be like that. I used to be very much put the blame on other people and blah blah blah. But 
you know you have to you have to come out of that approach if you're going to learn and that that was a big thing and all, all the relationships I've had and built with players and and other the connections I've made and the friends I've made that's that's been great for me and and see you know the big a big thing is seeing the growth from from you know you have junior players from like 12 13 and then you see them they're like 18 and they they've changed so much as players and they've matured and they and they still hold uh, respect for you is, is that's that's a, a really nice part of, of the job awesome look Ryan, I cannot express how much I've enjoyed this conversation and I feel like we're at a great stage where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What three tips would you give to a young coach just starting their career journey? So I would say keep researching, keep studying. If you can, do it from other fields. Don't don't just look into your own field. It's, it's important to look outside of your field. Take different sports. Outside of sports as well, get a lot of inspiration from that. You know, we live, we live in the world, people say we live in the world of information, but it's more the world of misinformation. And so the real fun is shifting through and finding where the good stuff is, you know, because it's, it's hidden there. And that, but if you know how to do that and if you're at it long enough, that's a, that's a good process. Um, I would also say don't, don't let anyone intimidate you in the coaching world. This is sort of the dark side of the coaching world that, that no one really talks about, but there's a lot of egos out there. You know, there's a lot of good people, of course, but there's a lot, of, a lot of ego, there's a lot of trash talking and behind your back and putting people down. And, and if you, you've got to believe in yourself and, and ignore that, don't associate yourself with, with people like that. You've got to go forward, know your mission. Um, and, and not be scared to try new things. Like I said before, with, with taking research and study from other fields, tr- try new things, develop stuff. We, you know, we know what works. We, you know, the blueprint is out there how to create a professional tennis player, you know, but I'm not so interested in that. I'm interested in how to create the next evolution of tennis players, how to progress it. And that, and that comes from doing new stuff. Um, and new things and not being scared of that and not being scared to look a little bit silly maybe and, and do something that doesn't work uh, I think is, is very important Absolutely, look, there are three cracking tips and, and I really mean that, especially with regards to looking at different sports, that's such a powerful one I do the same, what I do guys when I interview different people you know, I actually look at different sports because there's always that hidden I call golden nugget of knowledge which can be applicable to what people are doing. So look, Ryan, how can people interact with you online? Yeah, so I've got the, the Twitter page for Communication for Coaches. If you look that up, you'll find me there. Um, and on Facebook, the same again, Communication for Coaches. Um, that's that's sort of the, the main promotion, really, that, that I want to put forward. So you can find me on there. Interact with me if you're interested in, in learning more. Uh, I, I will definitely get back to you. Awesome. For all the listeners listening in, those two links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Ryan, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Ed. Appreciate it. What a really interesting podcast chat with Ryan. And it's conversations like this that get me thinking even more with regards to how coaching and communication are vital with regards to any career in the sports industry, particularly, you know, if you're coaching somebody in a particular sport, but the skill sets and looking at 
Ryan's journey and how he was struggling as a coach at the beginning, but then when he learned about psychology and the infrastructure of communication methods, it elevated his career with regards to the athletes he was working with, but also it gave him more of a purpose with regards to why he wanted to pursue a career as a coach. Because from my personal experience when I was playing tennis, which I mentioned really briefly, I went into coaching, but I didn't have those tools of how to be a better communicator. And it's something that I've learned now being doing this podcast show that actually my communication skills have developed during time. So look, so from a coaching perspective, I hope you now got a better understanding the importance of communication, but also of self-discipline of being a coach and willing to be patient with regards to enhancing your skill sets. You're going to make mistakes, as Ryan said, but when you're patient and you just keep progressing with regards to your mission and why you want to be a coach, that's where the magic happens with regards to the people you work with, with regards to, in this case, coaching with athletes. But also with regards to the other career skills, I hope you take on board the power of doing your own research, not just elevating your athletes, but moving the sport forward. As Ryan said, he does research and looking at different methods of coaching from other sports to elevate the game moving forward. And I think this is really important. Everything's moving forward with regards to elevation. We've got technology now that can enhance coaches. But if you can enhance your knowledge, that's where you will be able to develop your own principles, develop your own foundation coaching style with regards to your career journey moving forward. So look, I really do hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. Really apply Ryan's career tips into practice, make it happen today and take action. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Ryan said, keep researching and keep studying really learn from other sports this is really important because that knowledge will help you grow with regards to your coaching philosophy and help you grow as a person